From the Office of the City Auditor in Austin, Texas, this is Audit ATX. A podcast about the audits and investigations our office does to make Austin better for all residents. We're your hosts, Sarah and Max. This week on Audit ATX, we're interviewing Assistant City Auditor Keith Salas about our office's audit of the Austin Animal Center. Welcome, Keith. It's great having you back for another episode of Audit ATX. Great. I'm happy to be here. So, Keith, to start off, what is the Austin Animal Center, or AAC? The Austin Animal Center is the municipal animal shelter for the city of Austin and Travis County. Essentially, it's a place where you can adopt cats, dogs, and other animals, and also surrender animals, so stray animals that you find, or if you're unable to take care of your own animal, you can surrender it to the municipal shelter. Keith, for some background here, can you tell us why this audit of the Austin Animal Center was conducted in the first place? Absolutely. So unlike most of our audits, this one actually came about by a council resolution. What that means is that the Austin City Council actually asked our office to conduct an audit of the Austin Animal Center. All right. And we know that many Austinites care deeply about animal welfare. And our office always follows audit standards and aims to be objective and impartial. But can you talk a little bit about the methodology of this audit? Yeah, this audit actually followed the typical process that we would always do. However, we did do a couple extra steps. So like you said, we recognize how important the animal services are to our community. And because of that, we actually reached out to various members of the community. We hosted three different community engagement sessions and had about 100 people attend those. We also had a community engagement survey where we were trying to get feedback about the shelter and its operations and had over 400 responses. On top of that, we conducted an employee engagement session. And then, of course, as you'd expect, we conducted multiple announced and unannounced site visits of the shelter. Keith, the report mentioned that the Austin Animal Center is a no-kill shelter. How did this policy come about, and how does AAC implement this practice? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. So becoming a no-kill shelter was actually a decision that the city council made. This started back in 2011 when they set a goal of making sure that 90% of all the animals, specifically the cats and dogs, that enter the shelter leave the shelter alive. A few years ago, council actually increased that goal from 90% to 95%. I do want to say, however, that being a no-kill shelter is not a universally defined term. And what I mean by that is some communities define it as 90%, some communities like ours define it as 95%. Other communities may just say that they want to make sure that all adoptable animals are able to be released alive. So no-kill shelter is not a universal term. Got it. This audit has four main takeaways. So let's start with the first two. The first finding of this audit is that the city of Austin's animal welfare priorities conflict with one another. Can you explain this further? Absolutely. So this is really the heart of our report and what we found. And as you can imagine, the Austin Animal Shelter has multiple different goals and missions. One of them is to provide a safety net for animals in our community. What that means is that if an animal is abandoned or experiencing homelessness, they're able to take that animal in. And they have a goal of accepting at least 16,000 animals per year. At least that was their goal for last year. They also have a goal of providing humane and proper care of all the animals that are in the shelter And then they have that 95% live release rate that we already talked about. Well, the reason they conflict is that the more animals you have in your shelter, the less resources there are for any given animal. So as space fills up, you begin to really challenge your capacity. And if you get too many animals, you might not be able to provide humane and proper care to all the animals that you have. Unfortunately, that's the situation that we're in right now. And so you really only have a couple options. You can either 
restrict the intake of animals that are coming in so you don't have more animals taking up space that you really don't have available, or you can get more animals out of the shelter. Of course, one of the things that we heard repeatedly is that people want our shelter to find live outcomes for their animals. They want them to be adopted. They want them to be returned to their owner if they had one. But when we're unable to get animals to those great outcomes, of course, the other option is euthanasia, which nobody really wants, but it is the other option that they have. So Austin Animal Center has three major goals. They are, as you explained, serving as an open intake shelter for the community, providing humane care to the animals in its possession, and maintaining a live release rate of 95%. Are these three goals fundamentally incompatible, or are they just not currently achievable due to issues such as administration challenges or lack of resources? So they're not fundamentally incompatible. And what I mean by that is if you're in a situation where you have space at your shelter and you have roughly the same number of animals coming into the shelter as leaving the shelter, that's completely sustainable. As long as you are able to find those good outcomes for your animals and getting them adopted or transferred or fostered, you can continue receiving animals and providing quality care at the shelter to the animals that you have. The problem is that right now we have more animals coming into the shelter than we have leaving the shelter. And when you have that situation and you're unable to find good outcomes for your animals, you have to make some tough decisions. We've already made tough decisions whether or not we've thought them through and decided that that's the way we ought to do it. And what I mean by that is throughout the course of this audit, the intake of animals had either been restricted or even closed. And so what that means is that if you're trying to surrender an animal, whether it's a stray that you found or one that you owned but were no longer able to take care of, you're often asked to wait four to six weeks to turn that animal over. At the same time, we already have more animals at the shelter than we can provide quality care for. You have multiple animals in enclosures that are too small. Sometimes they are sleeping basically on top of each other. There are cleaning and sanitation issues at the shelter. There's all sorts of issues that are really lowering the quality of care that we have. But we are maintaining our 95% live release rates. And what I really want to emphasize here is until we're able to find more positive outcomes for our animals, we have to make tough choices. We can continue with the way we're doing it now, restricting our intake and decreasing the quality of care. Or we could do other things like increasing the euthanasia rate. We're not making a recommendation one way or the other. But these are the type of decisions that policymakers ultimately have to decide. We really appreciate that breakdown, Keith. But before we go on here, we want everyone to be on the same page with some of the terms that we're using today. With that in mind, can you explain how the live release rate is calculated? So each shelter is going to have a different calculation. Ours is laid out in code. And ours says essentially that you're going to take all the animals that came in and you're going to divide by all the animals that left. And however many of those were alive, that's your live outcome rate. The issue that we faced in this audit is that code specifically says animals. And our animal shelter takes in animals regardless of species or breed. So we have chickens, bunnies, reptiles. Some of them, like bats, were not even allowed to adopt out. So the live outcome rate that the city has been presenting is for cats and dogs only. And the reason I'm glad you asked this is that this is an issue of definitions that comes up in other areas as well. So for instance, one of the things we looked at was our transfers to partners. So one of our biggest partners is Austin Pets Alive. And as a part of our agreement with them, they're supposed to take a certain number of animals per year. And what we found is that if you calculate the number based on the total number of animals coming into the shelter, they're not quite hitting that goal. These are the type of things that really ought to be defined so that everybody's on the same page. Hopefully this explanation helps clear that up in some of the areas that may be worth pursuing in the future for our shelter and clarifying code. 
So the second finding or takeaway from the report is that the Austin Animal Center is overcrowded. What has caused this overcrowding and how has it impacted AAC's ability to achieve their mission? Right now, we have more animals coming into the shelter than we have leaving the shelter. In a nutshell, that's the reason why we have overcrowding at the shelter right now. We're not getting enough animals into permanent homes. And so our space is filled up and we're having these quality of care issues. And I want to add to that, this is not an issue that we can build our way out of. So this is something that a bunch of people have spoken to us about, like, would it help if we had another shelter? Would it help if we had satellite locations? And it probably would help, at least in the short term. The problem with that is as long as you have more animals coming in than you have leaving, no matter how much you build, you're not going to be able to build a space big enough to accommodate all of them. Gotcha. And could you also briefly explain the final two audit findings for us, Keith? Yeah, so our last two findings were about strained relationships and about AAC's data. I'll start with the first one. The animal center is kind of unique in the city in just how much they rely on partners and community members who achieve their mission. So this includes community members who volunteer at the shelter, community members who foster animals, partners like Austin Pets Alive, the Austin Humane Society, you name it, there are dozens of groups. In fact, I think there were over 100 active partners with the city. The problem is we repeatedly heard through our community engagement survey and interviews and conversations with various people that relationships are really strained, both within the animal shelter, between management and staff, management and volunteers, staff and volunteers as well as between our shelter and our partner organizations. This also includes the Animal Advisory Commission, which last year approved the vote of no confidence in the animal shelter's leadership, which meant that they did not believe that the animal center's leadership was committed to the no-kill movement and committed to providing the services they felt the city residents deserve. That's a real challenge and a real issue for our shelter, given how much they rely on these partner organizations and community members. So one of the things that we're recommending is that the city manager work with an independent third-party facilitator to help rebuild these relationships. The other finding that we had was that the data is just not very reliable. We do feel confident in the fact that the animal shelter is consistently meeting or exceeding the live release rate for cats and dogs. However, when you look for other things, the data is less reliable. So for example, the number of spay and neuter operations, it's very hard to determine just how many operations they were conducting at the shelter, depending on where you looked, whether it was the city's e-performance website, which tracks performance measures for various departments, whether it was the Animal Center's external dashboard that management uses to share their information as well, you're going to find different numbers. That makes it hard to know whether they're meeting their goals, whether they need to invest more resources. It just makes it very hard for community members and city leaders to understand how the shelter is operating. What did the audit propose in terms of recommendations? You kind of alluded to one in your earlier response, but what else did your team recommend? Yeah, so as I mentioned, we had that first recommendation for the city manager. We also had another recommendation for the city manager, which was that he worked with city council, the shelter's leadership, and other key stakeholders to establish a policy that balances the city's no-kill goals, the community's intake needs, and the humane treatment of its animals. To me, this is the most important recommendation we have because we need to understand how we're going to make trade-offs in order to accomplish the shelter's goals. And then, of course, we had several recommendations for the chief animal services officer. So that's the director of the animal shelter itself. First one was that he worked with stakeholders to develop, implement, and monitor a strategic plan so that they know how to continue operating once they understand their policy goals. 
that he established and monitor a plan to keep the shelter and its indoor and outdoor areas clean and sanitary, that he identified resources needed to address some structural issues that we noted in our report, and then, of course, to ensure that staff and volunteers are trained and monitored and that their data is accurate, complete, and consistent. On that note, though, Keith, as the audit reported, the relationships between the animal services staff and key stakeholders are pretty contentious. So would you say that the recommendation that the city hire a third party to facilitate engagement sessions with key stakeholders should be the city's top priority? Ultimately, it's hard to determine what is the most important thing. What I would say to that is the problems that people have noted and that we've noted as well with the shelter are going to persist until we understand our policy priorities. Right now, the only priority that they have that is in code is a 95% live release rate goal, even though they're allowing other areas of their mission to be compromised. So I think that is critical, but I don't think that they're really going to achieve that until they have buy-in from their partners. So I think that they need to have both. They need to have those policy priorities, but the community needs to buy into those priorities. For sure. Again, we know that animal welfare is really important to a lot of folks in our community. So Keith, we are so appreciative that you joined us today to explain all of the work that your team did to try to better understand how the shelter can operate to serve the community and support the animals that need their help. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share this information. This was a really important topic to a lot of people in the community, and I hope they enjoy this podcast. I also want to say that if you want more information, I'd really encourage you to go to our website to view our report. And there's also a report from an external expert that we hired. This was a part of the council resolution, and he did a lot of work and had a very long report that had a bunch of additional observations that are worth reviewing if you're interested in this topic. Thanks for listening to this episode of Audit ATX. This report is available on our website at austintexas.gov auditor. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Austin Auditor. And subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Until next time. Bye-bye.